Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, how you doing? Welcome back to Into the Neuroverse. This is a special sort your brain out, mate. I want to give a proper explanation before this continues. I might have said this in an earlier episode. It's hard to say thank you rather than sorry. It's hard not to say sorry for everything all the time. I might have, I'm sure I've said this before. So instead of, you know, you're late, you say, instead of saying, sorry, I'm late, you say, thank you for waiting. Really helps. And it really winds up the other person. It's brilliant. This is a case where I do want to say sorry. So I won't say sorry for not doing any of these for a while. I'll say thank you for hanging in there while I get my act together to record some new podcasts all about my journey into neurodiversity. However, I will say sorry for this. What you're about to hear is an interview with brilliant comedian Crystal Evans, who I saw at a thing called MacFest, and I read a very interesting Guardian Guardian interview with her, and I've wanted to speak to her ever since because I could relate to lots within her story, and also her story itself is very moving, and um, I think she's brilliant. And we recorded this hour and a half, lovely, wonderful interview that I think was really interesting. And then afterwards, when I came to listen to it, I realised, dear friends, not only had I not turned my microphone on or plugged my microphone in, I had forgotten the concept of microphones. We did it over Zoom, right? And you have to kind of plug in your own microphone, do that. Otherwise, it just does it over your speakers, which are, you know, they're just your computer speakers, internal speak. They're not great. Your internal mic, even. Not even a speaker. Where was my microphone? I hear you cry. Well, it was in the fireplace, wasn't it? Because that's where you leave a microphone. You leave it in the fireplace. The fireplace wasn't on. We can't turn it on, so don't worry about that. But I decided at an earlier date, when we were doing a bit of tidying up, I'd put the microphone in the fireplace, in a completely different room. Then I forgot microphones are a thing. I didn't want to make Crystal do it again. <laughs> she did offer, but no way. But do you know what? There's a there's a glimmer of 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 light uh, in every uh, dark cloud, as that famous saying goes. A glimmer of light in every dark cloud. As you may know, when I chat to people, I feel like I waffle on blah 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 me 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 me. And I was better at that anyway. I was listening to her a lot more. But what has ended up happening uh, is I've had to remove a lot of my waffle. So it's mainly just crystal. And I've tried to amplify it. Don't really know what I'm doing, but I think I've got it okay. I think it's in a good place to listen to. Uh, Please go and see her show. It's at Soho Theatre on the 30th of November 1st and 2nd of December it's it's really she's fantastic and I hope that I haven't messed up her story too much by my absolute idiot mistake and that you will hear it and get something from it and hopefully go see her show 
And in terms of the show going onwards, um, I've been a bit hither and thither, here and there, up and down, bob and job. But we're going to come back soon, maybe next week, might be another couple of weeks. But once we're in, we're in. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you for people who've got in touch and said, oh, I haven't heard there's an episode. Are you okay? Very lovely. Very kind of you. I just needed some time to kind of go away and take stock. And I think we're going to come back with a whole new take on this better, simpler format, an easier thing to follow, which will hopefully keep a lot of the the stuff that I know a lot of you uh, do love. This has gone on too long. Please enjoy Sort Your Brain Out with me and the brilliant Chris Levens. Thank you for your patience in advance. Into the Neuroverse presents... Sort your brain out, baby, sort your brain out, it's crazy, sort your brain out, and let the sun shine in, sort your brain out, lady, sort your brain out, it's crazy, sort your brain out, don't let the bad guys win, sort your brain out, sort your brain out, mate. Hello and welcome to Into the Neuroverse, where I, Colin Holt, I've written this crystal, where I, Colin Holt, journey into my neurodiversity and possibly yours. Oh, Oh. (laughs) it's a bit creepy now, doesn't it? Anyway, today, yes, today I'm joined by a marvellous comedian and one of those unfortunate neurotypical types, I think, Mm. Crystal Evans. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. You are neurotypical, aren't you, as far as you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I I have a lot of things, though, like that I've been through that affect my mental health and stuff. But I'm not like ADHD, although I read Fern Brady's book and it made me think I might be autistic. And I was like, am I autistic or am I just an American in the UK Um, trying to navigate (laughs) a different society (laughs) and not getting the social cues here? Um, so yeah, I think, I think I am. If you are autistic, you've got double the social cues to learn, I guess. Yeah, I know. I thought that when I read her book, I was like, well, that must be doubly difficult to be autistic in the UK, you know, because just British society and I, I love it here. God, I love the UK, but you know, you guys have a thing where you don't say what you mean a lot, right? It's really tricky that. I think. So I'm pretty, I'm, I haven't got a diagnosis of autism, but I'm pretty, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a hundred percent sure I am, but I yep. still feel a bit awkward about the whole, and the community, you know, is very kind of like, yep, you can self-diagnose now and all this, but I'm still, okay. like, I still feel I'm a bit awkward about that. <laughs> I'm like, you want to get a I proper, want it, I want it. If it's not written down, then it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I yeah. Well. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I find social cues, yeah, very, I talk about this a lot in podcasts, but like, um, but people's faces, what they're trying to, and if there's that British thing where mm-hmm. it's, oh God, I don't know if I've talked about this podcast, probably have a million times. Once we went to this wedding, right? And it was a very Tory wedding mm-hmm. <laughs> at this table. And they kept sort of making like, I think what I think were jokes, but like looking at us sort of going, <laughs> like that. And we were like, we didn't really respond, me or my wife, because we weren't really, it was really hard to tell what they were saying. You know what I mean? Then someone like came over. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the sort of guy, the granddad sort of came and went, how's it going on this table? How are you all? You know, uh-huh. and, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, great. Because <laughs> I had no clue. And this one yeah. went, not great, to be honest. You know, she was like, 
it was really weird. And then we were just like, oh, that sounds weird. And I had no idea there was a problem. So anyway, but I imagine <laughs> if, you know, having to deal with those people anyway is pretty awkward. It's pretty tricky. Well, it's like, it's, yeah. It's and then that's the there. more, all of the layers of like, you know, the class thing over here as well and all that kind of stuff. Like you're talking about, see, that's a whole other thing. It's like, if you're, you know, autistic or on the spectrum and then you're trying to deal with, you know, like I had somebody tell me one time that, um, like posh people cut their toast in triangles and then poor people cut their toast in the square, you know, <laughs> I was like, what? I cannot. Oh, it was just somebody I was, I was living with at one point. It was just like, oh, I just, they just told me that, oh, you, that you cut your toast like a working class person or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> were they a posh, were they a posh person kind of? Yeah, they're kind of middle class. Hi, it's Colin from the present just interjecting because I forgot to mention this earlier. But when Crystal was talking about toast being cut in triangles and squares, I thought she said toes. So just for that whole bit, just so you know, and this is recording over a bit where I then told two very boring stories, which I've now got rid of. But just so you know, that little bit, the whole time and for the rest of the interview, I thought that crystal had been explained to by a posh person that you should posh people cut their toes in squares toenails i assumed she meant and and toes uh, poor people do it in triangles which actually i've googled and is true anyway back to the interview but anyways going back to my neurotypicalness i think i yeah. um i've had to learn certain things as an adult that i guess I didn't learn as a kid, but it, it has affected the way I deal with the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think like one thing is that I, uh, because of the way I grew up, like uh, I've talked about this on stage and all this, yeah. so it's kind of not really a secret, but yeah. um, my mom was like, uh, my mom's definitely bipolar um, and she's got Munchausen syndrome. So she, really? um, yeah. I'm so I know that. No, I've diagnosed her with it. Okay. Yep. No, it's fine. <laughs> she definitely has that. That's. A, I mean, I've read up so much on that, and she has that. She's been diagnosed with bipolar, um, but she. This is. I mean, I've just. I've looked up so much stuff on it, and she definitely has that. Like it's every every typical thing about that she has, um, and. So I think because of that, also, she she would kind of one of her things when I was growing up was that um, we would move from place to place a lot and uh, both house to house and also like town to town. Um, and we would never keep any group of friends or anything like that. Like she wouldn't yeah. like longer than a year or something. So, she, so thought, would she kind of sorry to, to jump in? No, it's fine. Have best friends who she obsesses about and they yeah. infiltrate her life and do everything for her and then a week or a month or a year later they're the worst person in the world and yes yes okay. <laughs> okay. exactly that's okay. exactly what it would be right. a lot yeah. of times these people would be quite uh naive and lost souls themselves yes. who would need quite someone to yes vulnerable people who is quite radiant and big and that's my mom yeah charismatic yeah yep okay, she's yeah. very charismatic yeah. And, uh, so, so yeah, so that would happen. And, and, uh, and then 
uh, yeah, either they would realize that she's unhinged or she would say, oh, they stole from me or something would go wrong and and, right. and then they would just be out of our lives. We should get yeah. a fixation on something that they had done or not. Yes, Maybe they massively. It, but, yep. Or something they said, a slip of the tongue or something. Yep. She exactly. Turn into yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is this one of your parents? It's like this. Yeah. 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 I mean, so yeah. well. I, I so, so finish what you're gonna say. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, well, no, now. I was just gonna say like the way that affected me, the friend thing particularly, is that I didn't right. really keep friends until I was in my 30s. Like because I would, I all I every time they would do something that upset me, or if we had any kind of a disagreement, I was like, oh, they're dead to me. Goodbye. And I would just. That's what you learn. Yeah, because that's yeah. how I grew up. So I thought that's how it was. And then I would move from place to place. I would not keep in contact with people. And I think when I met my husband, I realized that he would like chat to people from all different stages of his lives. And they uh -huh. people would text him and ask how he's doing. Yeah. And I was like, you still talk to someone you worked with six years ago? That's crazy. You know, and wow. then I realized I was like, oh, this is this is how normal people function. Uh <laughs> It's that it's they so keep friends. Yeah. I'm exactly, yeah. exactly the same. I went out really drink with a couple of friends last night, and they're friends who are uh, very successful. My two very successful friends. One's a director. One's a writer. Uh -huh. I had this moment where I realized I I do what my my parent does, but yeah, but I I I realized I do a similar thing of kind of almost hanging out with people who where they're safe and they'll not causing almost like afraid of working with people who are it sounds about i don't mean this in a derogatory way but like at my level or whatever or like you know people yeah. who are and I, I have to make myself go out with these two friends because otherwise i feel so like oh they don't want to see me because I'm, <laughs> I'm nobody you know and <laughs> yeah stuff. and i'm like i have to yeah. make, be a part of the conversation and hold on to these friends what i keep mm -hmm. saying to my kids when they say like oh i don't really like those anymore i'm like hold on to your friends because yeah. so I, I haven't and it makes me so sad you know and I'm in my 40s now and I've only now started to realize all the people I've just dropped and yeah out of my own terror or fear of them yeah and like maybe one thing that maybe they do fuck up you know maybe they're but yeah. nobody's perfect but you know that's I the mean, thing that's, it's like yeah it's like meeting my wife she's similar to like your husband you know she's like well people get things wrong that's all right and yeah and they probably weren't thinking about you when they said that thing they're probably thinking about their own thing yeah exactly and, and some and i fuck up as well you know uh -huh. i say things that are fucked up I, my friend heather is like she's now been my longest ever friend and she like calls me out on things i say all the time she's like mm, that's not really cool and i'm like uh and then like me 10 oh, years ago funny. i would have been like goodbye but now i'm like we work through it and I'm like, oh, this is more, this is a more healthy, <laughs> and we're so much closer. Have you also done the thing where, because I've definitely had friendships where it slowly dawned on me that the reason I'm friends with this person is that they're just like my mom. Um, and because yeah. my mom has a lot of good things about her as well. She's very funny. Mm -hmm. She's yeah. very charismatic. You know, she's really smart and all the good traits about my mom I've seen in a friend. And then all of a sudden I've been like, Oh God, they have some of the bad traits as well. You know? And then that's kind of slowly dawned on me that, you know, like extreme, like flakiness or like ghosting in a way, you know, like will disappear, not be there when I really need them or, 
you know, needing extremely needing attention from like men or from other people. And, and I'll in a, in a kind of a toxic way and I'll, and I'll, it'll dawn on me that I'm like, Oh, that's what's going on here. And the reason I've kind of really connected with them is because I really want that connection with my mom, which sounds really, like, really fucked up, but like, really? I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, no, I have yeah. done that. I mean, well, the other thing is turning certain people into your mom, maybe, or, or into Yeah. Them. Yeah, I mean, it is my mom that I'm talking about, I might as well just say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, take the, the part I said about um, having a friend who's like my mom um, away. I think, I don't know if you're like this, but I, I'm very good, I think, because of how I grew up. And not just my mom, but other people I've, I knew growing up. I'm very good at recognizing um, kind of who's uh, doing something for attention or, or like wanting uh, like kind of who's like super unhinged in a way where I just don't even have to think about. I'm not saying this in the right way. Uh, no, like I'm good at recognizing that toxic trait in other people where I can just be like, goodbye good you know what i mean like i i just i know that i know what their yeah. game is and i'm just like i mean there's a lot of performers i'm sure you know that are like that you know and i'm just yeah. like but also i went for a long stage of ascribing i think and i think i i felt unfairly sometimes uh those traits to people and thinking oh they're doing that they're being like you know do you feel like your relationships think, are do you feel like your think, relationships are not like deliberate do you know what I mean? Like, do you feel like you're, cause you said you're like, oh my God, they're just, are they in my life? Like that? Why, how did they get in my life? Like, yeah. do you feel like the ones you have, you're like, no, these are the friends I choose. I'm trying and they're to here. do that. I'm trying yes, to right, okay. more like, like last night going out with, with Joe and Molly was very much like, these people are, they're my yeah. people, they're in my yeah. world. And I really like them and they're really, do you know what I mean? But it's not yes. easy because they're not yeah. saying what I want to hear or whatever, or they're not fulfilling, yeah. they're not fulfilling the roles I've grown up in. They're challenging, yeah. I guess. Um, and it's really hard to force myself to do that. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> I think I'm a little different in that I, I have not taken my mom's traits, luckily. I haven't taken any of her... I do hear her voice sometimes, like when I'm talking to my kids, um, but like, I kind of, I've, uh, not to brag, I've like, I've, I've really, I've done well with t like taking the good parts of her, which right. is her very funny, uh, you know, she's very, the bipolar thing um, uh -huh. means that she ha really has two personalities, you know? And I feel like I the real her is yeah. one person, and the uh, the the you know nutty her is a totally different person. And it was like when I was a kid, it was like the good was like this much, and the the bad was over here. And now it's like the insanity has like really taken over. I don't oh, really? see that good person yeah. very much, but it's that good very, person yeah. is a, I I can still remember that person and like who she was, and you know, so I kind of have that in me in a way when i read the guardian chat you my wife oh yeah the guardian interview you had before your show and it mm -hmm. she sent me thinking it would be helpful she'd be like oh this might help you this reminds me you know this uh -huh. and i if i was like in bed for two days oh really so i was like in tears but oh not even wow that, just, and i can't quite understand why in some ways but it just oh. i don't know just to hear it 
Thanks. Sorry, but also I'm really sorry. No, no, but relating <laughs> it was it was a real amazing point for me. You know, God, oh, that's kind oh, of good. I wasn't literally in bed for two days, but I was. I was it knocked me out. <laughs> I really did. Like, yeah. You know. Oh wow. So anyway, I, yeah. I really wanted. I waffled on a lot, but I really want to just hear how you got to that point where you think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, even that sounds like accusatory. Why do you think this is okay? You know, but yeah. you, got where you, you felt acceptance with doing it. Yeah. This is my story. This is what I want to talk about. And, um, and that that's okay. And, mm-hmm. uh, and how you've dealt with the aftermath of that. Like, have you chatted? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, anyway, I'll let you I think, well, I think one thing that benefited me and doing the material um, that's maybe like, kind of slightly a barrier for for yourself is that I'm still quite a newer comedian. So I think I feel I not new when I started doing writing the show, I'd been doing comedy for like three and a half years. So not even that long. And I I thought, you know, I think I I, I hadn't built up, you know, I, I hadn't done my debut hour yet or anything, you know. So I think I felt free to explore different things with it. So that's one thing. Another thing is because, well, when the pandemic happened and like I said, like, you know, the, my second kid was born in January, 2020. And, um, I had really bad postnatal depression after he was born and, um, definitely, yeah, my second child and definitely exacerbated by the pandemic. And I had this weird thing where every time I would nurse him, I would get a wave of like really bad depression. It is like an actual disorder that some women get because um, it's supposed to be the opposite. Like your nursing is supposed to release yeah. serotonin, um, but it was somehow affecting me the opposite way. And it was awful. So it was all these things. And then I started getting um, flashbacks of the fire and I started getting, I started smelling smoke and thinking that I had to get the kids out of the house. And I didn't come to the point where I was actually like acting these things out, but it was so bad that I I had to seek therapy. And I, I'd done therapy before, but it, it was, it had never really connected with me that much. Like I did it after the fire when I was a teenager. And I think I just, it was a combination of not being great therapists, not therapists that I connected yeah. with. And yeah. I just wasn't ready to talk about anything. I was just, it was so fresh and I just, I was still growing up, you know? So it was just, it was, it didn't really help me back then. So I saw like, uh, therapy, sorry. sorry. People Uh obviously, um, I haven't explained about the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. So where is it you're from? I'm from Washington state, uh, on the West coast of the U S the peninsula. It's a tiny town called squim. Um, very funny name. And it's, uh, yeah, squim. And it's a it's a Native American word. There's lots of those around that area. Yeah. Um I have a joke in my stand up where I go, uh so if you think that's funny, you're racist. Um yeah. and Do you know what? I know. I said even like, oh, Native American. Oh. Good, I was like squim. And then I was like, that's probably Native American. Yes. Like, yes. Yes, that's very funny. Um no, everybody in town also has a good uh sense of humor about it but yeah, yeah so uh it's a very small I mean, town laugh too right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, sorry you, were you great was it in a trailer park 
Yeah. 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 So it was, it was, uh, we, again, like I said, uh, we moved around a lot. So I, it wasn't like this was my family home I had lived in for years and years. I mean, I think when the, when it burned down, we were, uh, we had lived there for like a year, maybe like not even. And, um, you know, it was, it's weird. It was a mobile home. You guys don't really have equivalent to that over here. Yeah, like, so it was a head around what, what it's like. It's nicer than a trailer park, right. <laughs> but it's okay. not as good as a house. So it's like, not, it's like a double wide mobile home. That's almost like you guys say it have like a flat pack home over here, you know? So it's nicer than a trailer, but it is possible to hitch it up to a truck and pull it away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's that kind of a thing. Um, would that be your your mum like literally driving it away and stuff, or would you get? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> You'd have to hire somebody to actually do that. But it's like there was like a garden and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was like, and we had like a driveway. Oh, right. oh okay. Um, so it's so like a neighborhood. It is like a neighborhood. It's yeah, it's neighborhood. like a neighborhood, right. but it's very easy to pull one house away and replace it with another. Like if you buy that property, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um. So yeah, like I took my husband to it last year and he was like, this is nicer than I had envisioned the neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, fair. But, um, but yeah, it's the middle of nowhere. You know, this town is, it's very far from, it's like three hours from Seattle, you know? So it's, it's very, very far. Um, How how many people would be like on the park, on the trailer? On the, on the actual, uh, God, maybe a few hundred. I say that as if I, yeah. Like say how many people (laughs) even live on my street. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I would say there would be like (laughs) two, 250 homes on this like thing that I lived on. Um, Anyways. Yeah. So so yeah, that the the main thing that my show is about, that the Guardian article is about, and everything is that when I was fourteen, we lived in this uh, mobile home, and uh, it it burned down, and yeah. in in the middle of the night, and I escaped out the back window, and my mom escaped as well, uh, and spoiler for the show, but my sister died in the fire, and um, you know it it was it, it was she was six years old, and so this is what the the show is about. And, um, you know, it's about everything leading up to that and everything that happened after that. Um, and you know, what happened that night and everything is a big part of the show. And I think, you know, cause what you were saying is like, how do you feel like you can talk about it? It's like, I, the more I dug in to this kind of stuff, just in my own brain, um, when I was talking about it in therapy, the more I realized that, um, I really have the right to say these things and I really want to say them and I want, I want people to hear it. And I, um, I think I have a really interesting story to tell and it's not like just cause it's interesting and like, Oh, let's all like, <laughs> you know, like have a good look yeah, at this yeah. freaky story. But also like you say, like, I, I think this will help people. I think it has. Um, yeah. and I just, I don't want my past, I want my past to be a part of me because up to to that point as well, it is a part of me, but it's not really anything that anybody knew about, you know, now everybody knows about it, but I never would ever talk about it because it was just something that happened that was horrible. And, um, every time I would ever tell anybody about it, they would go, you know, (laughs) like a lot of times, you know, especially in my twenties, I would tell people and sometimes that itself would kind of end a friendship because people couldn't handle it. They didn't know, they'd never met anyone who'd been through anything like that. Um, 
And I was kind of, um, I guess, naive to that as well. Like I would just blurt it out when I was in my early 20s. I was like, oh yeah, my house burned down. My sister died in a fire. You, you want to talk about it. It's this, yeah, it's I mean, a like, part I, of me. You need to talk about it and it needs to be discussed. And it's like, yeah, no, and I'm, and I'm not doing it. it to hurt my mom or, right. and also I think, um, in the show, I try to humanize my mom in a way. I'm not trying to say she's this horrible person. I say the things flat out that she did. And I mean, as time gone, I mean, from the time I started writing it to now, I mean, memories crop up of things that I'm just like, that's insane. <laughs> like everything, I'm like, that's crazy. I have kids and I would never put my kid in that situation, do that you know, make that decision. And whether it's her mental illness, I guess I'm sure it is her mental illness is the reason she did all these things. Like it still happened to me, you know? And so it's like, it still happened. And and so I, I feel like I have the right to say this. So that's another thing. And then the other thing is me. It's not me saying she's horrible. I talk in the show about what, how great she is as well. Like all the good things about her. Yeah. you know, and how I think she also deserves sympathy because she never got proper help for her. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mental illness. So I think yeah. if I tell the whole story, that really helps sort out in my mind. And do I still feel guilt sometimes? God, yeah, of course. I'm like, right. you know, but also then the other thing after that is like. I've told this story, you know, and I mean, obviously I'm still, I'm going to tour it and I'm going to go do it at Soho and I'm, you know, maybe going to do a couple other things to do with it, but that's not going to be my career forever. You know, I'm going to do other things yeah. and talk about other things. So where, I think, where'd you go next kind of thing? Yeah. when you, I know. Right. God, like, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing that ever happened and hopefully will ever happen to me. So yeah. I can't. I can't manufacture more tragedy, but, but I have other things in my life that are super interesting. I think I, I spent my entire twenties working in a uh, really fancy high-end restaurants and private clubs. Yeah. And I would serve celebrities and, um, you know, really famous rich people. And I have some insane stories about all that. So I'm kind of like thinking like, maybe I'll do a show about that as my difficult second album. Um, there's, there's kind of a relief in that potentially, isn't it? So I've, yeah, I've kind of got this big stuff I want to talk about, mm -hmm. but I've sort of gone, oh, then I'll just talk about stupid acting stuff that I've done. But <laughs> I wouldn't you. think that Thanks you... Thanks for that story, by, your story. Oh, by God, don't worry. Mm -hmm. But I, w I wouldn't think that you, your, your stuff would be such a hard turn talking about your hard stuff because you kind of, 
do that right like in yeah. like in the you know so it's like it's show, I, yeah. yeah about your is it your brother dying yes is that yeah, what it, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. you've talked about that and talking and then taking it one step further to talk about it really in your voice would be probably a pretty easy transition for your fans yeah and for but people who've like, seen you i think so yeah yeah and it's working yeah definitely. i mean the response is is lovely it's been and no yeah. one has gone oh i think you should keep doing anna you know no one mm -hmm. it's been surprisingly quite tricky convincing clubs to have me just do myself which i'm quite like come on guys i've got a I've got a nomination <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're like can you bring back me? anna and we're like, <laughs> we want to see five minutes first and like fuck <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> Like, nah, we like Anna. You know, it's like, yeah, but it's, uh, it's quite because I struggle with that. Yeah, they're like, like, is it? <laughs> I'll talk about Anna, dude. I'd be like, yeah, Anna was good last night. You know, you say something like that, and Kat used to be like, yeah, it is you. You know that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was you who wrote those jokes. I'm like, well, no, nah, I'm no good. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Bonkers. But no, definitely. Um, and, and the thing, like you say, I mean, especially I've had a lot of people who have, have died in my family, is, and, and there's a lot of pain around that. And, and even the people before that, as in my grandparents, who I didn't really know that well, but who I know from research and passed on trauma that has then caused this trauma, has then caused this yeah. trauma, goes on and on and on. And I sort of almost want to honor these people a little bit, you know, and it's totally, I'm yeah. Like, you know, my uncle Keith, who's absolutely bonkers, and he used to, he used to say theater, he used to say, like, it's theater, and I don't know what he used to uh, You go to the theater, <laughs> that's really a tiny thing. But, really all sorts of crazy stuff going on with him you know and, and i feel like his story is lot is gone now because he doesn't have any kids of his own you know and it's mm -hmm. it's only me holding it holding yeah it. you know what i mean it's almost like yeah precious um thing you want to i don't want it to disappear you know when you're an artist like us um <laughs> like you know you this is what we we do tell our own story so it's like that's another thing. I mean, could about the aftermath of me doing the show, like, yeah, I had some really bad reactions from my family from doing it. My dad had a really bad reaction the first time he saw it. Um, it and, and weirdly, what? Your sister was, was she his daughter? As well? No, no, no. It was, it was, so she was technically my half sister. So it was, um, yeah. you know, a stepfather. So it, he, no, the reason he had a bad reaction, my dad was because my parents were divorced my whole childhood from right. like the time I was a baby, like one year old or something. And, and my dad had very little power, um, over anything like, because I mean, I guess that's one of the you know, only places where women really, um, are beneficial benefit from, you know, the patriarchy is that, you know, they, she fully got custody of me, right. no questions okay. asked, even though he definitely was the more stable adult and I probably should have lived with him. Um, but you know, that's not how it worked. And also mom moved all over the place, moved me all over the country. So there were years when he only saw me once or twice and, you know, it was, it was really hard for him, but I think was he had he to slightly. To, was he calling? Him? There were there were periods when he tried to get custody of me and tried to prove that my situation was not um, stable, but it never came to anything. Anyway, when he saw the show, his I think he knew things were bad with my mom, but he didn't know how bad that they were. I think, and I think that was the main thing that he was super triggered when it came to like you know, me saying the things that went on, he, when he talked to me on the phone, he was upset. And he was like, you know, when you were growing up, 
I was told to just never talk about your mom, to never talk about it. I was told by you. I was told by my mom. I was told by Cheryl, like my stepmom, you know, everybody just said, shut up about it and don't talk about it. And so I think in his own way, what he was trying to say was, I wanted to talk to you about this, but everyone told me not to. So like every time he expressed anything, people were like, just shut up about it. Like, don't talk about it, you know? And so he was, his feelings and his thoughts were kind of um, dismissed and like, you know what I mean? Like not validated back then. Right. And so I think he retroactively is feeling bad that he didn't do more. And do, do um, you, is there a part of you that's a bit angry that he could have fought more? Because I have that bit um, in my head sometimes. I think it was a very stable element. He's been dead 20 years and I sort of, in my head, I often have these conversations with him and I try to like go, what were you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway, so do, do you have... I know. Any- well, him and all the adults in my life, really. Because I'm like, did everybody not see what was going on here? Um, This was, you know, because I couldn't see that. And you can't, you know, you can't, when you're a kid, you you don't know what's normal, you know, and what's what's right. And I mean, so I've talked about, and this is just like growing up with, I I think I relate it in some ways to almost like coming out of a cult. Not that I've ever come out of a cult. Yeah, yes. I have to go to like, cat. that's not real, is it? Yeah, stuff to do with like supernatural things and just like, you know, if this happens, then that will happen. What's it called? Superstition. Mm. Yeah. Like, but but not just like, oh, you know, I can't walk under a ladder, but like literal terrors that if I don't do this, then this will happen and then this will happen. And that were passed on by your mom. Yeah. 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 And I feel like it is like reprogramming your brain a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like what one of the things I really struggle with, this isn't this isn't that traumatic, but my gauge of what is an acceptable level of clean, like cleanliness in a house, it was really fucked. Like when I, when I grew up, I, well, we grew, we, I grew up in a very dirty house and it, and it wasn't just like, Oh, it's a little tight. Like it was awful, like moldy food, cat shit. I mean, it was bad. And my, you know, and, and that's how I grew up. Um, and so then when I got older, and, you know, got met my husband and met, you know, moved in with him and stuff. He would be like, this place is a disaster. And I'd be like, this is nothing. <laughs> this is yeah. fine. Yeah. So my, I've had Thank to you. really retrain my brain yeah. as to what is an acceptable level of, uh, of filth <laughs> in a house. You know like, what I mean? Like literally you just pick something up or whatever after you've dropped it. And like that idea never occurred to me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my... I remember I have this memory of my dad, actually, and my dad has told me this as an adult, that he walked into our flat one time. And this is one of the times that I think he tried to take. He was like, it was so disgusting. He was like, there was piles of cat shit in the corner. There was moldy food all over the thing. He's like, it was like a hoarder's house. You know, it was so bad. And he he's like, and I snapped and I and I yelled at your mom and then my mom didn't let him see me for months, you know. Right. And so it was like, but and he so was that in, was. If he did try to step in, he was there was a very real threat. You could just yeah, maybe the way he dealt with it wasn't perfect. Like instead, he yelled and sweared at my mom, but yeah. he was upset that his daughter was living in a filthy environment. Um, and and it was you know yeah. You know, so I think that's the reason that, that the show had such a big effect on him. Um, did he see an Edinburgh? What. No. Yeah. So he saw, I did it as a work in progress, uh, in 2022, August. And I sent him a tape of it 
um, because I had had it filmed. And I only wanted him to see it because I wanted him to see the jokes I did about him driving drunk and stuff, um, which are just lighthearted (laughs) jokes about him. And I was like, Dad, I want you to see this. But I, I mean, he didn't give two shits about the jokes I did about him. Yeah. He It was more the other stuff that really upset well, it's, him. It's so. often the things you don't think is going to bother them that they pick up on, isn't it? I think you said Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> your your mum, um, was it something, some random thing about, I can't remember, was it a hair or something? It was something where it was like, not in any way related to all the stuff you'd said. It was something very minor. In my set that you saw? No, no, it's, sorry, in the Guardian article you said. Oh, they sorry. You spoke to your mum. right or she'd seen you do a bit on instagram and i think there was some oh yeah it was was she saw me do a bit about uh having a pet wolf growing up yeah right yeah that's pretty mad as well i know well she and and she's gotten mad and told my aunt that that's not true it is true Uh, the part the part that's not true is that i fudged the age i was when we had it and that makes me even more mad because i'm like you know what? Like, you don't even know what it's like doing stand-up comedy and the things you have to do to make jokes work. So yeah. she's sitting there saying that I'm, you know, lying. I'm lying be- to to make the narrative make more sense on stage. I mean, I'm fudging a bit that doesn't really matter, you know. And but the the wolf existed definitely. Yeah. Um, and I've just fudged the oh, time period the that we had it. Yeah, she's saying we never had a pet wolf. Maybe, yeah, I think maybe that is. That's- <laughs> Maybe that is the way to avoid the bigger stuff is like, yeah, yeah. Lie about little stuff. Little <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I go, yeah, but that's not, it's, it's, it's almost like a kind of, what do they call it? Politics that, and what aboutery thing, isn't it? It's almost like, yeah, how, you said, <laughs> well, you say that, but you're actually oh. seven, not eight, you know, that kind of thing. So, well, that's yeah. not, well, that's not really the problem here, is it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. It's, it's, what was your sister's name? Sorry, Crystal. Katie. Katie. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear this. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things that's hard as well that, um, that, and that's another, there's so many. (laughs) I just realized I hadn't even, hadn't said her name, you know. Oh, it's okay. Oh, thank you. No, that's, that's really nice. No, I think it's, that's another thing. Like all these ways I've justified me doing this material is that, you know, I really want to honor her and I haven't really, she's not really been a part of my life since she died. I mean, obviously since she died, but also like I didn't talk about her for years, you know, I didn't talk about her. I haven't, you know, I, I try really hard now to tell my kids stuff about my sister, um, you know, and, but she was only in my life for six years from age eight to age 14. So the memory of her is so faded now. And, and that makes me really sad as well. And, you know, and and I just I'm like, you know, for the fear of making someone in my family slightly mad or uncomfortable, fuck off. You know, I just want to tell this story, and I and I just think it would help people. I'm not hurting anybody, um, and I think the people that I would potentially help and and touch along the way, like so outweighs my dad getting mad once seeing it. Oh, and then I should say. He did come to Edinburgh this year and see it live and he loved it. And he, and he was like, I think it was softened the blow that he saw it, you know, on tape. And then he saw it and he loved it. He laughed so much. He was really proud. And, you know, he had definitely had like three pints before he came, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, But it was, I was really, it was really good. And I think we're closer for that. And I'm, and it was really hard because I don't, 
you know, my dad, I'm sure maybe it's similar to lots of people's dads, you know, he's not a very emotional person and we've never had really close talks that much, but we've had a couple and they make my skin crawl because I'm not used to talking to dad like that, yeah. you know, but I'm so glad that I did that and said it. And because it's like, I've, I've read somewhere, I don't know, lo that loads of people say this, right? It's like the cheesiest thing ever. Like the truth, the truth wipes off the cobwebs and it can be really painful, but the truth sets you free in a way, right? The truth, yeah. the yeah. truth really, you know, yeah. it's painful to get all that out of there. I was listening to um, another podcast and somebody did this um, analogy of like, you know, like a cupboard with clear windows and you can see all the plates and cups are all stacked in there in a horrible way. And if you open that cupboard, you know, they're all going to come crashing down, but you have to open it. You have to open it, yeah. you know, because then you got to, then you can clean it up, but then you can fix it and reorganize it. You have to open that cupboard, you know, I'm not saying that everybody has to talk about their trauma on stage, nice. but, um, but I, I, it felt great for me to do it away with your grandparents did you or something and the, the, the thing that really floored me i think it was your grandparents. you said um there was a moment where i realized i should have written down adhd classic no <laughs> but i'm trying to remember it very much paraphrasing you said something like i think there was a moment where i realized you could live another way yeah or just seeing yep. that it, things could be ordered or things mm -hmm. could be in a place it's not that you have to be you know officious everything has to be in the right place but just that there's some clarity and some order and some and quiet, I think you talk yeah. about. I think yeah. it's something like that. It's... I talk a bit in my stand up about going into like Kat's household and just the fucking so quiet. <laughs> like it's so Yes. <laughs> that's no so true. I don't remember chatting. that being in the article, but that's totally true. It was, something um, like that. was it was it your grandparents or was it your Yeah. Your no, my right. grandparents because yeah, after the fire weird, isn't it? but that's what really that was the thing that really it was just imagining you as a kid going, we don't have to live like this. Yeah. And just kind of saying that that's not the way that most people live, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, cause after the fire, my, I was in the hospital for three weeks and mom was in for like three months. So, so yeah. in that, she got burnt really. Badly. Yeah. She got, she's was very injured. Yeah. Um, and you know, she had really intense smoke inhalation as well. Um, see, this is the thing. I mean, <laughs> I feel so bad for my mom. Yeah. You know, I really, really do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, no, sorry to to go back. When I lived with my grandparents uh, after the fire and my dad for a while, it was like I had only ever stayed with them for like maximum a week, you know, and then staying with them for months meant that I saw that oh, this is what it's like all the time. Like I would wake up, grandma would be up. She would make breakfast. She would get me off to school. My clothes would be clean and ironed. The house would be clean. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> like, you know, like, this is nuts. Like obsessed much? Um, no, <laughs> like, but it was amazing. And, and I think that slowly planted a seed in my brain that was like, oh, okay. And then by the time I was 16, you know, this is all in the show as well. I won't spoil it for you, but some things happened where I was like, oh, I can't, this is the end. I can't live here anymore, you know? And she had gone off the deep end and I, and I was just weirdly the years following me leaving, you know, mom and I talked a lot and we got along um, because we, my mom didn't have the responsibility of kids anymore. And I think she was, you know what I mean? A little bit more relaxed and, and, 
she was trying to pursue certain things for herself. Um, but that's, but yeah, anyway, when you're dealing with life and you're also dealing with an undiagnosed mental illness mm -hmm. uh, and possibly neurodiversity and all these yep. kind of trauma, <laughs> you know, yep. that is that is almost a full time job dealing with those things. Totally. And yeah. Then you're, you're li li and then you've got to be a person. And then you've got to have a job or some way of making money. And then you've got children and having to keep a house and all that stuff. It's insane. Yep. You know, it's, and that is why, yeah, I think it's so important that people do get help and therapy. Absolutely. I mean, or just even that's it. I mean, that might be a thing, you know? Yeah. Got it. I, I know that uh, whatever she has, <laughs> which is, it could be many things, um, but it runs in the family. There's somebody like her in the generation above her as well. One of her aunts, everybody's like, oh my God, that is exactly what she was like. And someone above that as well. There was another woman who was just like, so I know, you know, and, and I know my extended family has said, yep, that runs in our family, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so I, my boys are, are, I have two boys. Um, they're lovely, but I, I am so aware of looking for any signs of any kind of like neuro typical neurodiverse kind of things with them and and working through it because whatever it was she had was not caught and you know what I mean but anyway that's a whole other thing. oh I think I mean that's but, what started me that was what has led me onto this journey is having my own kids yeah same yeah journey but same. also doing this yeah. stand-up stuff what has helped actually with me with, with this stand-up show is actually and it was my producer Owen sort of said I think you should make it about your dad you and your son <laughs> yeah um, no 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 no. you know no. way and i was like oh god i think he's right owen always says something that's really annoying at the time and you go away and you go, oh god he's right you know <laughs> that's actually but, a brilliant idea it's, it's really it's really helped because it's sort of given it this true line that's given it a kind of purpose you know crystal thank you so much for talking i'm really i was really uh excited to talk to you yay i know i'm glad thanks for having me this is it's, really great amazing how much i can relate to it i'm sure loads of people can as well and so your show's 30th till the 2nd of december yeah 30th right. of so, november 1st and 2nd december so that's a thursday friday saturday part what a debut oh thanks Would yeah like I, I know how, where will i go from here i don't <laughs> so i used to be oh. a bartender yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Into the Neuroverse with me, Colin Holt, with music by Eyes on Legs. Now, please, this is the good bit. You must subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, leave us a review on Apple, and recommend the show to all your friends, especially people who you think desperately need it, but they don't know yet. If you'd like to keep the show going, you can support us at patreon.com slash Colin Holt. Give a little bit of money, and that keeps the whole thing flowing. Follow us at Neuroverse Pod and at Colin Holt Comedy. Bye. Sort your brain out, baby. Sort your brain out. It's crazy. Sort your brain out and let the sunshine in. Sort your brain out, lady. Sort your brain out. It's crazy. Sort your brain out. Don't let the bad guys win. Sort your brain out, sort your brain out, mate. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 